You are listening to the Baby Sleep Answers Podcast, the podcast that answers all your baby sleep questions, but it's also just your friend in your ear here to let you know it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have anxiety, and it's normal to want to sleep more. I want to talk about daycare and sleep, mostly because I get a lot of questions about daycare and sleep, but also because I don't think a lot of people talk about it. Um and it can be really, really hard. I've had a lot of clients and all they hire me for is to help them figure out how to get their baby to sleep when they go to daycare because either they just have no idea what to do, they just have been told, you know, you can't work on sleep training if you go to daycare or because their daycare is not working with them. I've written a few letters to daycares being like, hey, baby needs more sleep, please work with parents. And I've looked into a lot of legislation, actually, whatever state you're in, you can look at the laws and a lot of states have a law that says daycares must oblige what parents say like if your parent tells you they have to sleep at 10 2 and 4 you have to do everything in your power to do that and you can't just say sorry we're not going to do that because it doesn't fit our schedules now i am very understanding i was a pre-k not pre-k a kindergarten teacher and a second grade teacher i had 27 kids to myself so i know that managing and scaffolding and differentiating nap schedules on top of everything that someone is doing in a daycare is probably intensely difficult. Um, And so I think we do need to, if someone's in laws, in legislation, we do need to make better regulations of how many parents, I mean, how many kids can be in a classroom and having a nap room that's safe, but also sleep conducive. Because a lot of daycares, you know, they're trying to be really safe. So all naps are in broad daylight. And while that works for a lot of kids, it really doesn't work for every single child. And those children are not napping well, they're not sleeping well, and then the parent is isolated, or they feel like they can't complain because they don't want to be that parent. But really, we're just giving the child the disservice. If what they need is more darkness, if their body is more sensitive to darkness, we really need to figure out a way to accommodate for them now obviously that's just you know like when people say we shouldn't sleep train we should just fix society we we can't do that so we have to work with what we have um and just to open up there is a law that kind of drives me crazy in california and in california there's a law that daycares cannot wake up a child (laughs) which is crazy because so many of my clients so many of the families that come work with me have lower sleep needs for whatever reason they're attracted to my work since I have lower sleep needs babies and these lower sleep needs babies need to have their naps capped Um, I can't imagine if my kiddo went to a daycare and they said they couldn't cap her nap like if she sleeps more than 10 minutes we're just up all night so I can't imagine and I've worked with a few families like that and it's really really frustrating some daycares get around it by putting them down later and then just turning on the lights around and if baby wakes up then it's technically they say it's technically not against the law but you know daycares really do need to follow the law or they get in trouble so I just wonder who came up with that law. Like who in their right mind said, you know what, never ever wake up a baby. There's just no no research backing up that that would be a good idea. So having said all this huge intro, um, I can add a little bit more intro. Actually, we woke up a lot last night and it's because of mosquitoes. <laughs> um, we have been attacked by mosquitoes lately. And for some reason, mosquitoes love me, my four-year-old and my two-year-old and they wake us up. If I get bit by mosquito, it wakes me up. I cannot sleep. And so I understand my kids' struggles. It's crazy. If they bite six-year-old or my husband, they don't wake up itchy. They just, you know, deal with it. Their, their, their bites don't get swollen. And so I think 
the three of us are just allergic, but it happens to be that they also love us more. And so anytime we go somewhere, we have to spray ourselves with mosquito repellent. We like parakeeto. Parakeeto is the only one that really keeps them away. It's really cool because you just see the, like I see a mosquito flying around my leg and they're trying to figure out where to bite me. But I think the parakeeto um, repellent really distracts them and they can't get to me. And it's just kind of fun. I got a video of it actually yesterday. But when we forget to spray ourselves, we are just bitten so much. And so last night, both my two-year-old and my four-year-old were up around the same time, itching and scratching like crazy. And so my brain is at half a decibel. That doesn't even make sense. But <laughs> let's see if I can make sense of this podcast for you. Okay, so one tip um, before your baby starts daycare, or if you're already in daycare, I guess, is to optimize sleep as much as you can at your house. Make sure that when they're home, they're having a good schedule that respects their wake windows, a good sleep environment, even if it's very different from daycare, because the better rested a child is, the better they can handle off schedules or bad naps throughout the week, the rest of the week. So that's one thing you can do. Just do your best when you can. Second is to communicate with your classroom, with your daycare. Tell them what you have figured out works for your child and what you have figured out does not work because you can tell them, you know, we were up all night. This child is going to be cranky. You're going to be dealing with a monster of a child <laughs> if we keep going this way and just communicate, look, this is this is how much sleep they need. This is when they need it. And then just be super honest, super open. I try to say honest and open at the same time. Uh, just be super open and honest and don't be afraid to be that parent because your child needs you to be that parent, the parent that complains and abdicates for them. Abdicates? No. <laughs> Advocates. <laughs> if you explain to them why they need to nap at this time and this time and they're not respecting that for whatever reason, maybe they can't, maybe they don't want to, and you're just kind of stuck in this situation for a while, then something you can do is see if they're getting too much sleep and if they are getting too much sleep, then you might have to make bedtime way later and see if they can handle that. And if they're not getting enough sleep, they're getting overtired, then two things. You can either add a very short nap at the end of the day when they come home at 4 or 5 p.m. Or you can make bedtime extremely early. I mean, as early as 5, 45, 6. It's obviously going to depend on your child how they react to this. Some kiddos really don't react to early bedtimes well and they just end up waking up super early but in most cases kids who go to daycare it's because parents go to work and they have to get up early anyway the only sucky part is parents tell me well I just won't see them if they go to bed at six and we're up at six and I drop them off and so that does suck but you just have to remember that this is just a stage soon they will be better about longer wake windows and they won't be overtired they won't need to go to bed as early now, let's say you try an earlier bedtime and it blows up in your face because they are, don't have that much sleep pressure and they wake up at 4 a.m. Okay, then you'd have to decide that that's not the right path. What we're going to do instead is when they get home or in the car on the way home, we're going to let them take a nap so that we can build up sleep pressure and have a much later bedtime. It's always going to be just constant figuring things out, constant revolving of the schedule, and it's a little bit of an extra stress. But again, it's just for a stage. <laughs> Once they get to a good rhythm around 11, 12, 13 months, when they can handle just one nap, it's going to be a lot easier for you to know. And so if you're struggling right now with your five, six month old and you're trying to figure out that third nap and it's not working and you're up a lot, one thing I want you to do is just take a deep breath and say, you know what, this is just a few more months of this. We're going to keep working on optimizing schedule as much as we can on the weekends. 
but if right now we're struggling because this is what we have this is our lifestyle right now that's okay nothing horrible is going to happen you know people reach out to me a lot and say is are they not going to develop well because they're not sleeping well unless baby's up like every single hour or screaming all night you're fine and they can be a little tired and they can still cope rest a lot on the weekends do not don't do a lot of exercise or movement when you get home they'll be fine if it's just a stage it's just a stage and that's okay I have been pretty creative sometimes with some families that are, you know, with the most sensitive babies and they say, this is just not working. We cannot and we're up all night. So we've had to be pretty creative. I've had the mom drive earlier in the morning, leave at 530 so they can have an earlier nap or they don't fall asleep until they get to daycare or ask daycare if they can drop them off half an hour later so that mom can drive at whatever time so they can fall asleep on the way to daycare or having mom pick them up around lunchtime to force that nap if it's not around the schedule of daycare. So you can get really pretty creative. I think we sometimes get in the confines of, oh, this is how everyone does it. We can't do it. And we forget that we can just ask and say, you know what, my kid needs something different. I can offer this. We can do that. So don't be afraid to be creative. Don't be afraid to, you know, be out of the box, be extra as they call it. And then also one thing, this is going to just be a short podcast, but one thing to be really clear about is that you don't know what's going to happen. I get a lot of people that hire me to talk about daycare before they even go to daycare just because they're worried that they might not sleep. And I tell them, you know what, let's talk about optimizing it. I'm going to give you some tips. I'm going to you know, look at your schedule and look at baby schedule and give you the ideal schedule and troubleshoot that and this. But we don't know what's going to happen because a lot of babies, you know, they're super sensitive. They'll only fall asleep if it's dark, cool and quiet in their house. But then they go to daycare and it's a completely different level of stimulation and peer pressure is real even at the youngest stages. And so sometimes babies who just won't nap at home will nap at daycare. And so you just really don't know what's going to happen. So stressing out about it is not going to help anyone. All we can do is prepare for the worst. No, no, prepare for the best and then just kind of expect that the worst will happen. And so that way we just have all their needs mapped out. We have open and honest communication with the daycare and then we don't stress out about what will or might happen because you really just don't know. So those are my tips or my main tips for daycare. I do have a lot of podcast episode topics lined up but if you'd like to hear about something specific just please send me an email or a dm on instagram baby sleep answers um my email is andrea baby sleep answers and uh dot com <laughs> and be sure to check out baby sleep slash podcast for all of our freebies to sign up for our free sleep tips every month and for anything else that you might need just go to baby sleep slash contact and send us an email we love hearing from you I hope you have the best night of sleep, whether a baby goes to daycare or not.